Leadership can wear you out. The higher you go in leadership, the more eyes you have on you and the more people there are to drain you. Expectations can drive you mad. As everyone has a different version of who you should be and how you should act, there are so many things around you that can eat away at your passion like deadly piranhas. Proverbs 4.23, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. If we lose our heart, we lose our leadership credibility. This is Hans Finzel. Welcome to the Leadership Answer Man. This is a show for leaders about taking leadership to the next level. If you desire to learn to be a better leader, this podcast is for you. I promise to give you practical leadership tips you can use right away. My passion is to help you lead more effectively. Welcome to this episode. So good to have you on the show today. You know, it's fascinating. Today happens to be Halloween when I'm recording this show. Who knows when you'll be watching it, but I had to take a break from recording to uh, go over to the grocery store to Safeway to pick up some candy for trick-or-treaters tonight. And uh, I hadn't been out all day. I've been working from the house. (laughs) It was so weird because, well, of course, it wasn't long before I was in the grocery store before I realized, well, I ran into a doctor, a guy in scrubs, and I thought, oh, that's a guy shopping, but he had a Safeway badge on. I thought, well, that's weird, a doctor with a Safeway badge. Uh, of course, duh. And then I started looking around and all the employees had on costumes and they were having a blast. Crazy day. But I, uh, that guy ended up checking me out at the end and I thought, huh, you know, I'm just fresh in my mind, the power of passion in your leadership and really in whatever you do. And I thought, how many people like grownups that dr- get to dress up for their jobs on Halloween? By the way, I think that's cool if you can do that. Secondly, I thought, I wonder how many people when they dress up on, on Halloween, Halloween for their costumes, wear stuff that deep inside their hearts they wish they were. And this guy who checked me out was in total scrubs. He looked like a doctor, and I realized he's a checker at Safeway, but did he want to be a doctor? Does he want to be a doctor? Just a thought. This is part of a series on my new book, The Power of Passion and Leadership. And it's a total standalone show, but also it is uh, definitely something that is part of a series. If you haven't heard them all, it's a I think it's going to be roughly episode 46 through 50 is all about the power of passion, not only in leadership, but in your job. Do what you love, love what you do. I have some great news to share with you today, uh, assuming that you're listening to this relatively around the time that it's posted in December of 2014 and early 2015. My new book, The Power of Passion and Leadership, uh, that I've been uh, basing these series of podcasts on passion around will be released on January 7th. And I'm running a special on Amazon for three days, January 7th, 8th, and 9th of 2015. You can get that ebook for just 99 cents. I hope you'll take a second to put it in your calendar, put it in your Outlook, put it in your smartphone that on January 7th, you'll go and buy this book for just 99 cents. That's The Power of Passion in Leadership. It's a short book. It's only about 50 pages, and I think you'll really enjoy it. I hope to hear from you, see how you like it. So that special announcement I wanted to plug into this podcast. Today I'm going to cover a couple things, Passion Piranhas and The Walking Dead. I was speaking at a conference the other day and had a pastor come up to me after I spoke. 
Uh, my talk was entitled How to Know When It's Time to Go. I have done a podcast on that. If you look in the directory, you can find it. I could tell immediately that he was flat emotionally. Hans, he said, I'm totally bored in my job, but I have no passion to do anything else. You keep talking about, you know, if there's something outside that is more interesting to you than inside, maybe you consider a change. He said, my problem is there's nothing inside or outside that gives me any passion or interest. Honestly, my first thought was I felt sorry for his congregation because this was the senior pastor of a local church. I asked him how long he felt this way and what was going on in his life, and he shared with me that he'd been through intense counseling to get some answers, and the professionals told him he was depressed and burned out. I thought, duh. Yeah, that's pretty obvious. It was kind of sad because he was so flat emotionally. This man is truly among the walking dead, and I'm going to explore that in the show today. I wanted so much to give him a silver bullet of hope, some easy fix to his heart. Trust me, his situation is not easy to fix. How does a person get to a place like that? He's a pastor of a church and being faithful to the call of God in his life, but what is it that takes the former passion completely out of our hearts? In his case, it wasn't that his circles did not overlap. He just lost all passion, period. I refer in my other podcast leading up to this one about finding your place of passion when who you are, which is a circle, really overlaps well with the position, the role you're in. The overlap spot is your place of passion. And the more overlap there is, the more you're walking in a place of passion and working in a place of passion. In his, in his particular situation, it wasn't an issue of the circles. It was an issue that his heart had grown completely cold, if not frozen. He could not name one interest or thing that would excite him. And I realized this guy needs some professional help. And I'll talk about what a person like that can do in just a moment. But he was suffering from severe burnout. You know, leadership can wear you out. Work can wear you out. But when you're the leader or in management, you end up being the tip of the spear. The higher you go in leadership, the more eyes that are on you and the more people there are to drain you. Expectations can drive you mad as everyone has a different version of what you should be and how you should act. There are so many things around you that can eat away at your passion like deadly piranhas. Proverbs 23 says it well, quote, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. If we lose our heart, we lose our leadership credibility. Let's talk about guarding our hearts. First of all, here are some of the big passion piranhas that we need to guard our hearts against. When Proverbs 4.23 says, guard your heart, this is my list of the things that attack my heart and attack my spirit and want to drain me of all the life and passion that's in my heart. Time and again, the things on this list swim out there and suck the life out of us as if we are robbed of all passion. I've got this list on my show notes at HansFinzel.com. You might want to check this out, and after I give you this list, I'm going to give you an assignment, something to try. Here's the list. Prolonged discouragement. Opposition to your vision. Workaholism. Lack of real vacations. Working way outside of your gifting. In other words, the circles don't overlap hardly at all. Working with people you don't care to work with. Unrealistic expectations of others. Unrealistic expectations of yourself. Unending marriage problems in the leader's marriage. Constant financial pressure. 
a pattern of failure in leadership, dysfunctional people pulling you down. Do any of you work with severely dysfunctional people? Boy, can they rob your passion quickly. I'm working as an aside with a leader right now, a CEO, who this is exactly what's taken the joy out of his role. He has a dysfunctional person on his team, and he's having a very, very difficult time dealing with this person and trying to get this person off his leadership bus. But in the meantime, this person is robbing the joy. An unhealthy leadership team. Lack of a leadership team to share the load with. You've got to do it all yourself. Constant unresolved staff conflict. Lack of respect for your leaders above you. In other words, you don't respect the people above you. Hidden moral failure. That's a biggie that we often don't know is underneath the surface, like under the iceberg, under the waterline, hidden moral failure. And finally, and this this list is not in any particular order. In fact, this one at the last could might may, may often be the first. Neglect of a warm, intimate relationship with God. It's quite a list, isn't it? I get sort of depressed just reading this list to you. If there is a preponderance of these issues plaguing you, you just might need a change. And we're going to talk about how you can get help if you are plagued by these piranhas. Here's a good exercise to do right now. Stop your car or as soon as you get home, pull out this list. Uh, You can find it on my website and check off every item that is true in your situation. I'm not going to give you a scale, but if there are more than a few of these eating away at your heart, you can see why you struggle in your leadership and why you're struggling to have joy and passion. Now I want to talk about The Walking Dead. The pastor I met after I spoke the other day was really part of what I call The Walking Dead. Let's talk about that. His heart's burned out, but his head is trying to keep up appearances as he goes through the motions of his ministry. If you can relate to the struggles I'm sharing, I have some hope for you, I promise. If you're happy in your passion zone, you might just learn something that can help the people around you. I kind of want to talk to two different groups of listeners today. All of you who are listening fall into one of two categories. Uh, some of you work in full-time ministry. Others of you are working part-time ministry, but I'm still going to lump you in the ministry group. And the rest of you on the other side of the fence are out in the marketplace somewhere or in education, government, military, law enforcement, and of course, business. And uh, I always like to joke when people are in full-time ministry, they get paid to be good, but everybody else is good for nothing. Leadership is about influence, and Christians are great influencers on both sides of that fence. I like to say some of us are professional ministers, but many of us are ministering professionals. If you're a follower of Christ and you try to live out the Christian life and be Christ-like in your workplace and you're not in ministry, then that's what I call a ministry ministering professional. I really love that. And I see huge, passionate impact for God in the world by both groups on both sides of that fence. Some of my closest friends are you who are living out loud for God in the marketplace and in education. And your ministry there is just as valid as those of us in professional ministry. Sometimes, honestly, you're more effective than full-time ministry type people because you're out there in the world. And, you know, Jesus said, Be in the world. Don't be of it, but be out there in it. 
We need the Billy Grahams of the world, but we also need the Truett Cathys of the world. Of course, he's the founder of Chick-fil-A. What a powerful impact that man made on his company, on the United States, on what it means to be a Christian businessman. I want to speak to each group separately as it comes to matters of the heart and losing passion in your job and in your leadership position. First of all, to those of you who are ministering professionals out there in the marketplace, out there outside of the uh, ministry world. I want to tell you about a guy named Jack I spoke to the other day. He's one of my listeners. That's not his real name, but you know who I am talking about. He's got a miserable job. He called me the other day for some advice. We talked for about an hour. He runs a company out in California. He's not the owner, but he works for a family business. He's never really liked working there because there's a lot of dysfunctional behavior in that family business. And he has a 90-minute commute one way. He told me that when he started working there 20 years ago, his commute was 40 minutes, but it's pretty well doubled through the years. Of course, you're thinking the same thing I'm thinking. Why in the world would he do this for 20 years when he's miserable in his job? He wants to leave so badly. And he told me that the only reason he's going through the motions is because of the security of the paycheck. And he is the boss, but he works under the dysfunctional family. The sad thing about Jack is that he runs a place for this family of owners. And uh, just imagine how everybody else feels there if the guy who's running the place is so miserable. He spends his days doing work he really doesn't love. I asked him to listen to my podcast on how to know when it's time to go. And he got back to me and he said, Hans, I took your advice. I listened to your podcast number 32. And now I desire to leave more than ever. Man, I am busted Big time. Thanks for the good advice and great work. Well, you know, I hope you are really working on getting outside because I know what you're passionate about. And he's Jack is one of those guys where his greatest interest is actually teaching at a local college. And so those stars of interest and passion that he loves the most are outside of his day job. And I, I hope for him that he'll move from that you will move from your day job to your dream job. Donna and I have a dear friend who's stuck in a high-tech job that she hates. She's a big shot VP here in Colorado and has a huge salary, and but she hates her job. And every time we see her, she, she says just how dysfunctional and toxic her workplace is and how demanding the hours are. And there's action, exciting new opportunities staring her in the face, but she won't leave the security of that position because of fear. She's afraid because this new thing has some risk. And so here's my quote for the show today. Many people seem to enjoy the certainty of their misery rather than the misery of uncertainty. Then there's an older man we know in his 60s who spent his career in financial services. He has plenty of money to retire and he knows he needs to leave the company. He's bored and he no longer is engaged and his co-workers really, really want him to retire. They want his space for somebody to come in who's really going to work hard. He's taken up space, but he's no longer making a contribution. But he's too paralyzed with fear to step out into something new. As an aside, I'm coming out with a new book called Launch Your Encore with my friend Dr. Rick Hicks. And he and I have written a book for people in that category of what to do next after your main career is over. Sometimes when we're in our 60s, not sometimes, often, 
It really is time to let go and to move on. But we boomers don't believe in the R word, traditional retirement. We need to launch an encore that can be so exciting after our main career act is over. And that's really what this book is all about, Launch Your Encore. If you're interested in that particular book, we have a website that's already launched about it. Excuse the pun. And the website is launchyourencore.com. And this older guy who's in his 60s so much needs to just... Go ahead and leave. In his case, there's no financial worry. It's an issue of security and not knowing what he's going to do. There are plenty of walking dead in all professions. It seems to me that life is too short and too precious to allow the most vibrant years of our lives to be spent doing work we really don't enjoy. For some great advice in this area, check out my friend Dan Miller's 48 Days to the Work You Love. Well, that's the message I have for you who are uh, ministering professionals. If you don't have a job you love, you need to consider making a change. So whether you're a ministering professional or professional minister, we can be robbed of the passion of our heart. And if we're in that place where we're among the walking dead, you know, my my pleading with you is to do something about it. I'm going to give you some tips as we continue in this podcast, as well as the coming two podcasts, how to get out of that place if you're not in the place of passion. Now I want to talk to those of you who are professionals in ministry. And if you're not, you really should listen to this because you're going to get some insights into that world that you may not know about. What about passion and the calling of God on your life in your place of ministry? I had somebody write me today and ask me, does God sometimes call us to be in a job where we really are not fulfilled over a very long period of time? And he used the illustration of Moses. Of course, I love Moses, and I we know how much he argued with God. He never wanted the job. But did, did Moses ever get to a place where he enjoyed his work? Well, that's a great question, and I don't know. I'll, I'll ask when I get to heaven. But what I, what I do think is that God loves us and wants us to have an abundant life and a joyful life, and I do not believe he would call us to a place of lifelong misery in a position, in a calling where we just had no joy and no fulfillment. So that that's where I stand on that. As followers of Christ, his calling on your life affects your passion and the decisions about your career. The crazy thing about Christian leadership is you can be in love with God and hate your job. Maybe hate's too strong a word, more like the pastor I described to you who was just very burned out and bored. It can happen even when you follow the calling of God and you're working in church and ministry. Outsiders might find that puzzling, but if you're inside the world of ministry leadership, you know what I'm talking about. You can love God and hate his sheep and you just get tired of shepherding his sheep. We don't set out to have that happen. But it seems like it occurs in far too many Christian leaders. A calling, a passion, a hunger to change the world all fades away and we begin going through the motions of our assignment like the walking dead. Over the years of long-term leadership assignment, we can subtly morph from passion to paralysis. A calling we once loved and thrived on becomes routine and even boring. 
Things that jazzed us in our 30s weary us in our 50s. We Christian leaders are expected to always be spiritual and passionate because supposedly we have a special connection to God. So we subtly become pretenders, not letting on that we don't feel close to God anymore. And we don't really enjoy what we're doing and and we don't know what to do about it. I know from firsthand experience that Christians are not always easy people to work with and to lead. I've been a pastor, a teacher, and the president of an international Christian ministry. I love God, but his sheep? Well, that's another story. And sometimes the very people that we lead can snatch the fire right out of our hearts, just like that list that I gave you of those passion piranhas. Believe me, that happens just as much in the ministry world as it does on the other side of the fence in the non-ministry world. One of the things that led to my own burnout in my job was resistance to my vision and my leadership by some of my followers. When enough people pour cold water on your dreams, it's very demoralizing. And then there's the principle of being promoted right out of your sweet spot. We believe in the work of the ministry that we're doing, but as we rise higher and higher in leadership, we are more disconnected from the front lines of the work, which drew our hearts in the first place. The leadership detachment can kill a passion. As I rose in the ranks of leadership in our ministry, I found that I missed the front lines, what I like to say, the smell of the gunpowder and the bullets whizzing past my ears. What used to be fulfilling frontline ministry is replaced with way too many meetings, reports, conflict management, hiring, firing, fundraising, and budgets. All those things can occupy the life of a top leader and just take all the fun out of the calling. The struggles of leadership and ministry can be downright discouraging. Are you discouraged right now in your role? I meet a lot of you. Pastors are leaving ministry by the thousands. The number one reason they give is discouragement. Those who don't leave often wish they could, but they struggle with the question, what else can I do to make a living at this point in my life? I've got a family. I've got children. What am I going to do? Of course, discouragement often leads to depression, which, of course, leads to loss of passion. That's the story of that pastor I met that day after my talk. I hope you understand now that there really are passion piranhas that can lead to us becoming part of the walking dead. And whether we are professional ministers or ministering professionals or neither one, perhaps you're not a follower of Christ, but you you know what I'm talking about. It can happen to you just as well. We have to do something about it. And as I move to my next podcast in this series, I'm going to start talking about the options that lie before us. There really are two options. Number one is stay put and get your groove back and get some help and get that heart alive again as you learn to guard it. The second option is to move on. And I'll devote a separate podcast to the topic of, again, moving on, why sometimes we need to move on, and especially having the courage to what I call dive off that diving board if that's what you need to do. Thanks so much for listening. Again, the quote of the show today is, many people seem to enjoy the certainty of their misery rather than the misery of uncertainty. This has been Hans Finzel. Thank you for listening to the Leadership Answer Man. Remember that leaders make great things happen. We can always take our leadership to the next level. I hope you keep listening and learning and that you go out there this week and make a difference with your leadership. Leadership.